All right. So we are we had stopped yesterday at Canto eight, chapter six, verse twenty-five. I'll just uh, recoup, uh, you know, uh, recap the verse again. A poison known as Kalakuta will be generated from the oceans of milk, but you should not fear it. But when various products are churned from the ocean, you should not be greedy for them or anxious to obtain them. Nor should you be angry. Uh, this is, uh, if you recollect yesterday, what we were talking about is. even if you have enemies in your material world when it's a matter of your progress you need to bring them to the table for negotiations it's very very important that you negotiate with them so that your progress is not hampered sometimes you may have to work with your enemies you will find that in most of the uh, you know corporate um, mnas that is mergers and acquisitions you will find that two competitors come together finally one of them buys the other one out earlier they were fighting at each other they were both having daggers in their hands and wanting to kill them in the marketplace but later on the same competitors become one i'm sure you have seen in the recent uh, times you know craft <laughs> it it has it has joined hands with another company is the same thing uh, there is another company which is called mondelez mondelez is a company which is uh, yeah uh, you you will find that all your cookies and all are coming from there plus the cadbury is also coming from there so cadbury is no longer cadbury cadbury is called mondelez same as uh, the cookies that come over <laughs> this uh, blue color wrapping what is it called i forgotten the name uh, yeah some some name i don't recollect so those those are also coming from the same stable earlier uh, oreos so uh, earlier in in olden times they would they would have been fighting with each other now they have become friends sometimes you have to defeat the bigger competition by joining hands sometimes it is that is very very important so in this world where even in our normal life where we have the merger and acquisitions is the same thing happens in our day to day life as well for the betterment and for getting the best of the results sometimes you have to negotiate bring your enemies to the negotiating table number 1 number 2 sometimes you have to give little bit see this is in the material world remember this whole thing is being told to the gods this is for the material world for the manifest people for the manifest divinity so understand this this is not for a spiritual point of view this is basically the divine lord is talking from the material perspective he is telling them what is to be done so get these people towards this negotiating table and then negotiate with them and sometimes you have to give so you should not be greedy for them or anxious to obtain them nor should you be angry because if they are negotiating on their behalf remember they are going to ask their pound of flesh so you have to be careful so you have to allow certain things to happen but you should always think of the greater good the greater good is that which is called amrut that which is going to come up finally in the end all right so let us proceed further so we are doing demigods and demons declare a truce all right so that is number 26 we are starting from sukhdev goswami continued oking parikshit after advising the demigods in this way the independent supreme personality of godhead the best of all living entities disappeared from their presence then lord brahma and lord shiva after offering their respectful obeisances unto the lord returned to their abodes all the demigods then approached maharaj bali 
Maharaj Bali, a most celebrated king of the demons, knew very well when to make peace and when to fight. Thus, although his commanders and captains were agitated and were about to kill the demigods, Maharaj Bali, seeing that the demigods were coming to him without a militant attitude, forbade his commanders to kill them. The demigods approached Maharaj Bali, the son of Virochana, and sat down near him. Bali Maharaj was protected by the commanders of the demons and was most opulent, having conquered all the universe. Now, Maharaj Bali is the great grandson of, if you recollect, Prahlad Maharaj. It's the same lineage, alright? Now, he is the person who has taken charge. So, during this time, when the gods have come against each other, this against these demons, that is the time he was ruling and he has become the lord of the demons. Alright. <clears throat> After pleasing Bali Maharaj with mild words, Lord Indra, the king of the demigods, who was most intelligent, very politely submitted all the proposals he had learned from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Vishnu. The proposals submitted by King Indra were immediately accepted by Bali Maharaj and his assistants headed by Sambara and Aristhanemi and all the others residents of Tripura. O Maharaj Parikshit, chastiser of enemies, the demigods and the demons thereafter made an armistice between them. Then, with great enterprise, they arranged to produce nectar as proposed by Lord Indra. So they are going to churn the oceans. Okay, The ocean has to be churned with the mountain. The Meru is upside down, remember? And it is on top of the tortoise. Right? And it is going to get churned. Now what they are going to do is they are going to use Vasuki. Vasuki is the snake. Alright? And they are going to both pull the snake from both the sides. You know how churning is done. That rod is in the middle and you tie the thread on both the sides and then you pull like this, like this. So churning happens. So this is the kind of churning that they are going to do. Thereafter, with great strength, the demons and the demigods who were all very powerful and who had long stout arms uprooted Mount Mandara mountain. Crying very loudly, they brought it towards the ocean of milk. Because of conveying the great mountain for such a long distance, King Indra Maharaj Bali and the other demigods and the demons became fatigued. Being unable to carry the mountain, they left it on the way. The mountain known as Mandara, which was extremely heavy, being made of gold, fell and smashed many demigods and demons. Very interesting, no? Side, side is clip. Yeah. <laughs> so the demons and the demigods were frustrated and disheartened and their arms, thighs and shoulders were broken. Therefore, the Supreme Personality of Godhead who knew everything appeared there on the back of the carrier Garuda. Observing that most of the demons and the demigods have been crushed by the falling of the mountains, the Lord glanced over them and brought them back to life. Thus they became free from grief and they even had no bruises on their body. The Lord very easily lifted the mountain with one hand and placed it on the back of Garuda. Then he too got onto the back of Garuda and went to the ocean of milk, surrounded by the demigods and the demons. Thereafter, Garuda, the chief of birds, unloaded Mandara mountain from his shoulder and brought it near the water. Then he asked, the, asked then he was asked by the Lord to leave that place and he left. So we have come to the end of the chapter. Now, interesting phenomena is happening over there. You, you, I don't know whether you realize what this is. It's a very interesting chapter and uh, it's going to be continuing because now the next thing is how Shiva drinks the poison and so on and so forth. 
So, it's a very interesting story. The demons are there on one side, the gods, the demigods are there on the other side. And then there is a truce. There is a truce wherein now both of them have thought for the betterment of mankind. Now we are going to do something about it. Alright? Now, think about it. What is it that they are going to do? They are going to bring the mountain. Where are they going to bring the mountain? They bring the mountain and they place it on top of the ocean. And then there is a tortoise which is going to come over there, is going to lie below that and on top of it will be the mountain and then the churning is going to happen. If you think about it, you will wonder what is it that is happening over there, right? Interesting phenomena is happening. I know you must be wanting to know what exactly it is that is happening. I know, you know, I have been asked yesterday also, can you please explain? So I said, no, suspense is in the end, you know, otherwise Alfred Hitchcock will lose his money. (laughs) So can we keep the suspense till the end? I know these stories become interesting as we go by, but they don't seem like just now, you know, what is this mountain and what is this thing, you know, Mandara and Vana, all that, don't, nobody understands what this is all about. Just a small hint I'll tell you. The basic idea where the actual churning happens. Do do you, you know, I'm going to give you a hint. You have to now go and go backwards and think about it. There are two nerves. These are called afferent and the efferent nerve. Okay. They are all, they go and they come. They go and they come. Alright. And that is the churning that is going to happen. Alright. There is a snake. Interesting phenomena. There is a snake. It has a tail and it has a head. Both the things it has got. It is getting churned. Alright. There is an entire mountain there. On one side are the gods and on the other side it is the demons. And they are going to do all this churning and all that. And from that are going to come different, different things. So, you can visualize it, okay? I am not going to tell you where, what, how. So, (laughs) visualize it. And remember, all this happens, first and foremost what happens is the fracture. The fracture means at that particular place in time, at that particular point where this mountain is being carried to the domain it mountain falls very heavily cracking certain things there are the gods and the demons are both getting crushed under it now you have to get up from that getting up from that is the most important alright so what happens is I think you are getting a fair picture of what I am talking about. So, (laughs) you are going to fall, of course. There is going to be a fall and then you are going to double up, back up. Go backward like that. Like that. Alright, all these things are going to happen. So anyway, let us continue with the suspense. So, we will continue with chapter 7. Don't worry, I will come to it. (laughs) Otherwise, you see... uh, Otherwise, uh, again, if, if, you, if you are reading Agatha Christie, no, you have to read right up to the end. That is the most interesting part. 
these books have always been drab you know they have only been like a story book uh, superman spider man nobody understands where superman got his energy from or spider man they think some some spider came and bit him and because he got uh, what uh, you know he got all his powers and all that but spider powers in spider man i don't know how it comes tomorrow you will have a tarantula bite you and tomorrow you are not going to become a tarantula uh. <laughs> you are not going to become like that so let us not get into that same way you might have come from outer space doesn't mean that you are going to become superman so it's like that so this is something which happens to every human beings and it happens very very subtly it's a very very subtle thing that happens so we will do chapter 7 lord shiva saves the universe by drinking poison sukhdev goswami said oh best of the kurus maharaj parikshit the demigods and the demon summoned Vasuki, the king of the serpents, requesting him to come and promising it to give it a share of the nectar. The coiled Vasuki round the Mandara mountains as a churning rope and with great pleasures, they endeavoured to produce nectar by churning the ocean of milk. The personality of Godhead, Ajita, grasped the front portion of the snake and then the demigods followed. The leader of the demons, its unwise, though it's unwise, thought it unwise to hold the tail, the inauspicious portion of the snake. Instead, they wanted to hold the front, which had been taken by the personality of Godhead and the demigods. Because that person was auspicious and glorious, thus the demons on the plea that they were highly advanced students of Vedic knowledge and were all famous for their birth and activities, protested that they want to hold the front of the snake. So, those who are highly advanced in Vedic knowledge must be Demons. See? So those who uh, spout Vedas and the Shastras, you know where they come from, you know. I don't know whether you know about this. We have two guns, you know. Dev gun and Rakshas gun. Not Ajay Dev gun and all. Okay. This is Dev gun. Those who come from Dev side and one who come from the Rakshasa side. So, the Rakshasas are well advanced in Vedic sciences. They can tell you this is that, that is that. They can spout Veda, tak, 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 like that. They know the Rig Veda by heart. By the way, they can, they can tell you what, what you can do in this world and what can be done and what kind of prayers to do and all that. They know all about it. So, they are now telling, no, we want to hold the head, not the tail. You know, this is how people negotiate, isn't it? So, you know, again, I will explain to you again. What is happening here is, it is called Soham Hamso. And then it turns into Hamso and Soham. One side like this and one side like that. Okay? (laughs) This is a churning that happens. So, let us see how it works. So, one afferent and efferent and efferent and afferent, both. Alright? So, let us see. Thus the demons remain silent, opposing the desires of the demigods. Seeing the demons and understanding their motive, the personality of Godhead smiled. Without discussion, he immediately accepted their proposal by grasping the tail of the snake and the demigods followed him. The God, Krishna, okay, he is there. So, he immediately catches the tail and he says, Thik hai. 
Alright. After thus adjusting how the snake was to be held, the son of Kashyapa, both demons, demigods and demons, began their activities, desiring to get nectar by churning the ocean of milk. O son of Pandu, when Mandara mountain was thus being used as a churning rod in the ocean of milk, it had no support and therefore, although held by the strong hands of the demigods and the demons, it sank into the water. Because the mountain had been sunk to the, by the strength of providence, the demigods and the demons were disappointed and their faces seemed to shrivel. Seeing the situation has been created by the will of the Supreme, the unlikely powerful Lord, whose determination is infallible, took the wonderful shape of a tortoise, entered the water and lifted the great Mandara mountain. When the demigods and the demons saw the Mandara mountain being lifted, they were enlivened and encouraged to begin the churning again. The mountain rested on the back of the great tortoise, which extended for 800,000 miles like a large island. O king, when the demigods and the demons by the strength of their arms rotated Mandara mountain on the back of their extraordinary tortoise, the tortoise accepted the rolling of the mountains as a means of scratching his body and thus he felt a pleasing sensation. You know how cows scratch, no? They go and they rub their body against the wall. (laughs) Or when the dogs or the cats want to scratch, you know what they do? They come near you and do like this, like this. Or the dog will come and he will rub his head against you. So he'll say, okay, now you come and scratch me over here. Like that, the tortoise is feeling a big mountain on top of its back is good for scratching. Imagine that. Imagine a big mountain being used for scratching. Like tomorrow, if you want to wash the clothes, imagine you are going to pick up one asteroid from the outer space (laughs) and then use it as a pumice stone. (laughs) How will it look? Very funny. Actually, they are thinking of uh, the asteroids, you know, they contain a a lot of uh, very important minerals like nickel, cadmium, and all those. So, they are going to mine the asteroid belt, you know, asteroids rather. It's a very interesting theory. It's a, just imagine, it's 9 or 10 kilometers in diameter. Alright? And it contains a whole load of these important metals. So, it's like you, you're going to have, instead of mining inside the earth, you're going outside the earth to mine over there. Very interesting. Imagine, karna, ek Thereafter, Lord Vishnu entered the demons as a quality of passion, the demigods as a quality of goodness, and Vasuki as a quality of ignorance to encourage them and increase their various types of strength and energy. Passion, Rajas, Rajaguna. Hmm? The Rajaguna is given to the demons, right? And Sattva is given to the gods and the third one is called the Tamas that is given to the snake. So all these are there. Alright, we are going to go into all these things in depth. Manifesting himself with thousands of hands, the Lord then appeared on the summit of Mandara mountain like another great mountain and held Mandara with one hand. In the upper planetary system, Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva along with Indra, King of Heavens and the other demigods offered prayers to the Lord and showered flowers upon Him. The demigods and the demons worked almost madly for the nectar 
encouraged by the Lord, who were above and below the mountains and who had entered the demigods, the demons, Vasuki and the mountain itself. Because of the strength of the demigods and the demons, the ocean of milk was so powerfully agitated that all the alligators in the water were very much perturbed. Nonetheless, the churning of the ocean continued in this way. Vasuki had thousands of eyes and mouth. From his mouth he breathed smoke and blazing fire, which affected the demons head by Pauloma, Kaleya, Bali, Elwala. And thus the demons who appeared like Sarala trees burned by the forest fires gradually became powerless. Remember, these are the people who took the head. And the head was spewing out all the venom possible. And these guys are getting weaker. Because the demigods were affected by the blazing breath of Vasuki, their bodily luster diminished. And their garments, garlands, weapons and faces were blackened by smoke. However, by the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, clouds appeared on the sea pouring torrents of rain. And breeze blew carrying particles of water from the sea waves to give the demigods relief. When nectar did not come from the ocean of milk, despite so much of endeavor by the best of the demigods and the demons, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Ajita, personally began to churn the ocean. The Lord appeared like a blackish cloud. He was dressed with yellow garments. His earrings shone by the ears like lightning and his hair spread over his shoulders. He wore a garland of flowers and his eyes were pinkish. With his Strong, glorious arms which award fearlessness throughout the universe. He took hold of Vasuki and began churning the ocean using Mandara mountain as a churning rod. When engaged in this way, the Lord appeared like a beautifully situated mountain called Indranila. The fish, sharks, tortoise and snakes were most agitated and perturbed. The entire ocean became turbulent and even the large aquatic animals like whales, water elephants, crocodiles and timingula fish which is the large whale that can swallow small whales, came to the surface. While the ocean was being churned in this way, it first produced a fiercely dangerous poison called Halhala. O King, when that uncontrollable poison was forcibly spreading up and down in all directions, all the demigods, along with the Lord himself, approached Lord Shiva, that is Sadashiva, feeling unsheltered and very much afraid, they sought shelter of him. The demigods observed Lord Shiva sitting in the summit of Kailash hill with his mount, with his wife, Bhavani. And for the auspicious development of the three worlds, he was being worshipped by great saintly persons desiring liberation. The demigods offered him their obeisance and prayed with great respect. The Prajapati said, O greatest of all demigods, Mahadev, super soul of all living entities and cause of their happiness and prosperity, we have come to the shelter of your lotus feet. Now please save us from the fiery poison which is spreading all over the three worlds. O Lord, you are the cause of bondage and liberation in this entire universe because you are the ruler. Those who are advanced in spiritual consciousness surrender unto you and therefore you are the cause of mitigating their distress and you are also the cause of their liberation. We therefore worship your Lordship. So now they are praying to Lord Shiva so that he is going to help help them remove the poison from there. O Lord, you are the self-effulgent and the supreme. You create this material world by your personal energy. And you assume the name Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwara when you act in creation, maintenance and annihilation. You are the cause of all causes, the self-effulgent, inconceivable, impersonal Brahma which is originally Parabrahma. You manifest various potencies in this cosmic manifestation. O Lord, you are the source of original source of Vedic literature. You are the original cause of material creation, the life force. The senses, the five elements, the three modes and the Mahatattva. 
your eternal time determination and the two religious systems called satya and rita that is truth and truthfulness you are the shelter of the syllable om which consists of the three letters a u and ma o father of all the planets learns learned scholars know that fire in your mouth the surface of the globe is in your lotus feet the eternal time is your movement all the direction are your ears and the varuna master of the water is your tongue o lord the sky is your navel the air is your breathing the sun and is your eyes and the water is your semen you are the shelter of all the kinds of living entities high and low the god of the moon is your mind and the upper planetary system is your head o lord you are the three vedas personified the seven seas are your abdomen and the mountains are your bones all drugs creepers and vegetables are the hair on your body the vedic mantras like gayatri are the seven layers of your body and the vedic religious system is the core of your heart o lord the five important vedic mantras are represented by your five faces from which the 38 most celebrated vedic mantras have been generated your lordship being a celebrated as lord shiva is self illumined you are directly situated at the supreme truth known as paramatma now we are going over here as a prayer because it is the same type of prayer that had that was done to vishnu it's the same prayer only thing is here the difference is there it was about creation about sustenance and here we are going to talk of destruction the halahala that is the poison has to be destroyed the only difference is the entities are differing here the shiva is being praised because this is what has to be done all right so the praises are just going on so let us see oh lord your shadow is seen in irreligion which brings about the variety of irreligious creatures creations the three modes of nature goodness passion and ignorance are your three eyes all the vedic literatures which are full of verses are emanations from you because their compilers wrote the various scriptures after receiving your glance o lord girisha since the impersonal brahma effulgence is transcendental to the material modes of goodness passion and ignorance the various directors of this material world certainly cannot appreciate it or even know wherever it is it is not understandable even to lord brahma lord vishnu or the king of heavens mahendra when annihilation is performed by the flames and sparks emanating from your eyes the entire creation is burned to ashes nonetheless you do not know how this happens what then is to be said of your destroying the daksha yagya tripura sura and the kalakuta poison such activities cannot be subject matters for prayers offered to you these are different different things which shivji has done okay daksha yagya is the one where sati remember sati is the wife of shivji and the yagya got destroyed tripura sura that's another demon that got destroyed kalakuta poison this is this is a poison that was given off by those powerful snakes it's it's a very deadly poison that was destroyed by the lord now it's going to be another kind of a poison exalted self satisfied persons who preach to the entire world think of your lotus feet constantly within their heart however when persons who do not know your austerity see you moving with uma they misunderstand you to be lusty or when they see you wandering in the crematorium they think that you are ferocious and envious 
certainly they are shameless they cannot understand your activities see the entire action called tantra okay is enacted by shiva and it is a it's a very very strange phenomena that happens where you can see the divine lord performing all sorts of pastimes with uma uma is his wife parvati and the other thing that happens is he roams around okay putting all basma on himself and goes to the crematorium grounds and he is roaming over there among all the corpses and all the dead people at that point in time naturally the thought comes that what kind of a person is he even his father in law didn't spare him <laughs> he also wondered what kind of a person my daughter is getting married to he roams around naked all over the place okay and he is going to the crematorium ground and picking up all those you know ashes from there smearing them over the body think about it if somebody comes like that to your house what are you going to think of him is the same thing that happens but we should never go by what the person is the divine lord has got these various potencies you cannot go and justify i mean from your point of view you will find that they are all wrong they are all wrong but don't go on making judgments on him because that is our small mind that is why he says these are foolish people they are shameless people they don't understand today uh, i don't know how many of you actually saw the film killing uh, killing what killing jesus or something. it it was going on and the idea that the whole world is to be seen from a human perspective we all look at the whole world from the perspective of the human eye the way we look at it we keep on making judgments on the divine we don't have the right to make judgments today you will find that there are all these atheists and there are different kinds of people who are passing judgments without knowing in the least of what is the truth nobody wants to find out the truth in the first place second they don't know whom to go to to find out the truth because there is nobody existing in this world to tell you the truth the truth is hidden it can never be understood third they don't even want to make any efforts of wanting to find out they take the scriptures they accept it the way it is just like this scripture is is going to get accepted the way it is they say ah what this mountain is there is no mountain on this earth like that okay what snake you are talking about there are no snakes and gods oh my god what gods are you talking about where are the demons the demons are asuras and all that na there is no asuras in this world what there are no asuras there are no demons there are no this there are no that so then what nonsense are you talking about and if this has happened during the time of parikshit you remember this story is being told at that point in time and just when all this is happening and then there is a god sitting on the mountain somewhere over there it doesn't enter the human beings to think ki, what is it that is being said we all think of it as a kailash is a mountain over there you know whether you want the indians can go over there the chinese can go over there even the person who got lost in the andes can go over there they will not find any shiva over there why 
maybe the address was wrong ip address was wrong <laughs> so you need the right what address where you are going to go you don't even know no connectivity illa no connectivity also so there is a problem first and foremost you need to get the right address to get to know where you are actually looking what you are looking at where you are going and what is this effulgence what is this shiva what is this vishnu what is all this mandara mountain and vasuki and all that you will say there is no sir i know anaconda but i don't know any vasuki big snake anaconda it it can eat up so many people but this is like a big snake bigger than that where is this kind of a snake so it uh, logic will fail you know logic fails us logic fails us because we are looking at something completely different and uh, it looks like a mythological story it <laughs> doesn't have any basis so don't worry there is a basis there is always an explanation we will see what the explanation is so now shiva is there sitting on top of the mountain and all the gods have gone to him and let us see what the gods are saying even personalities like brahma and other demigods cannot understand your position now you understood nobody can understand they even if the gods come no they also won't understand so think about it from the christian scriptures if even all the angels come okay all the aeons come all the archons come they also won't understand the script, this meaning of these words it's not possible for you are beyond the moving and the non moving creation correct since no one can understand you in truth how can one offer you prayers if nobody knows what the truth is how can anybody offer prayers then you know one very strange uh, wordings which were written let us pray uh, in one of the phrases there one of the uh, things that was written over there let us pray to the spaghetti monster you know there is a spaghetti monster okay and he gives those spaghetti balls you know that is as a gift to him and the, all that thing was written you know ha huh? and the last word was what you know like you say in the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit what is the last word a m e n and in this prayer what was the last word r a m e n ramen ramen noodles so noodly god you understand so it sounds so i mean it sounds very interesting isn't it so ramen are the noodles you know japanese people uh, they have these ramen uh, shops you know or other restaurants if you don't understand this is what you are going to make your god into noodly god so and then instead of saying amen you will say ramen so <laughs> yeah may he bless you with the noodly appendage pari remembers that good for you so this is how you you know you convert that the true god into something which is an imaginary one because you cannot think so you see since no one can understand you in truth how can one offer you prayers it is impossible as far as we are concerned we are creatures of lord brahma's creation under the circumstances therefore we cannot offer you adequate prayers but as far as our ability allows we have expressed our feelings c 
see when we are talking of something now this is all imaginary god supposedly okay but even to the imaginary god are you not supposed to offer nice prayers so that is what you need to offer and that is the reason why even if you don't see shiva visualize shiva in your heart and then you have to pray to him accordingly right so it's the same thing you may not see father in heaven but you better pray to him very nicely you cannot be talking bullshit and nonsense so that is the reason why prayers always have to be in praise oh great oh greatest of all rulers you actually identity identity your actual identity is impossible for us to understand as far as we can see your presence bring flourishing happiness to everyone beyond this no one can appreciate your activities we can see this much and nothing more nobody can understand this point sila sukhdev goswami continued lord shiva is always benevolent towards all living entities when he saw that the living entities were very much disturbed by the poison which was spreading everywhere he was very compassionate thus he spoke to his eternal consort sati as follows lord shiva said my dear bhavani just see how all these living entities have been placed in danger because of the poison produced from the churning of the ocean of milk it is my duty to give protection and safety to all living entities struggling for existence certainly it is the duty of the master to protect the suffering dependents people in general being bewildered by the illusory energy of the supreme personality of godhead are always engaged in animosity towards one another but devotees even at the risk of their own temporary lives try to save them everybody is every other person's enemy in this material world remember this you have friends when you are in school but when it's a matter of the material world when you come out into the material world nobody is your friend your best friend becomes your best enemy by the way <laughs> so <laughs> so there are no friends there so but those who are coming together for the single purpose of becoming a devotee of the divine they become one with each other because they have only one lakshya in their world the dear gentle wife bhavani when one performs benevolent activities for other the supreme personality of god at hari is very pleased but when the lord is pleased i am also pleased along with all living and creatures therefore let me drink this poison for all the living entities may thus become happy because of me shila goswami continued sukhdev goswami continued after informing bhavani in this way lord shiva began to drink the poison and bhavani who is knew perfectly well the capabilities of lord shiva gave him the permission to do so thereafter lord shiva who is dedicated to auspicious benevolent work for humanity compassionately took the whole quantity of poison in his palm and drank it as if in defamation the poison born from the ocean of milk manifested its potency by marking lord shiva's neck with a bluish line that line however is now accepted as an ornament of the lord that is why he is called neelkantha neel neel is blue kantha it is said that the great personalities almost always accept voluntary sufferings because of the suffering of people in general this is considered the highest method of worship the supreme personality of godhead who is present in everyone's heart upon hearing of this act everyone including lord including bhavani the daughter of maharaj daksh lord brahma lord vishnu and the people in general very highly praise the deed performed by lord shiva who is worshiped by the demigods and who bestows benediction upon the people scorpions cobras poisonous drugs and other animals whose bites are poisonous 
took the opportunity to, to drink whatever little poison had fallen and scattered from Lord Shiva's hand while he was drinking. So we have come to the end of the chapter. Lord Shiva saves the world, saves the universe by drinking the poison. So uh, we will be stopping over here. And now I shall give you a small explanation for what has happened so far. The churning of the ocean basically and there are two sides to it. That is one is the demons and one is the gods. The demigods and the demons, there are two sides to it. In our physical world also it's the same thing, you know. We have come to the threshold of our life where on one side, on one side there is a spiritual knowledge that is there. On the other side there is a material worldly knowledge that is there. The spiritual knowledge and the material knowledge are absolute opposite of each other. Think about it. In the material world, you will want, like there is a bhikari that comes, you will say, oh poor fellow, he looks very very poor, so I want to give him at least some money. And you give him the money. But when you look at him and you say, oh this fellow doesn't deserve. Because he opens his pocket and from the pocket he removes out a wad of notes and he puts your 10 rupee note in that and then you get completely disturbed. Right? You know, I am sure you must have met some bikaris in your life. You know, when you give them a note thinking that they are, they are looking completely like, you know, like a bikari, and you give them that note and they take the note from your hand and slowly open their pocket and from that they bring out a wad of notes and put this note nicely put over there. You know how the conductors put the notes, no? Hmm. So, so you feel, what is this? This fellow has so much of money, huh? he's got more money than me. That's what happens. So, material world, you look at it from a different perspective. A spiritual person on the other side, who has gone into spirituality, will look at this person who has come to beg. First he will say, what is all this? I, 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 I mean, uh, this person doesn't seem like a bhikari. And then the, that mind turns around and says, you know what? God has made him like this. So I just have to leave him at that. And you turn to go away. Suddenly this person says, you know, inside of you the person says, spiritual person inside of you says, if God has made him like that, but God has made him come in front of you. What do you say? That means God must be wanting you to give money. So then you put your hand in your pocket and you say, okay, okay, I will give. Right? So you give. I will tell you another part of it. I know you might not have understood this, but let me give you another part of it. Now let us say, you know, I, I, we used to go to church. So when I used to go to church, uh, on the Navina days, you know, the whole church is filled with people. Okay? And everybody comes and uh, they light a candle and they put a candle over there. There is one place where you can burn the candles. So they will all put those red color, yellow color, some different color, color candles are there, they will put over there and they will burn. And before they are burned, somebody comes and you know, takes them away and a gust of wind comes and you know, the light goes off. First and foremost, you are lighting it from somebody else's candle. 
you're putting your candle against somebody else and lighting it and then sticking, trying to stick it inside that, uh, that holder which is there. It's not sticking, it's not sticking. So you wet the bottom and you try to stick it. When you stick to that and then you look up and you say, God, please help me. By the time you're looking down, the candle is blown off. Okay. And then you say, oh my God, my candle has blown off. That means my God doesn't want to give me these wishes which I have God has asked him. So let me light once again. <laughs> Two, three times you definitely try this, okay? Finally what happens is you get frustrated. Why is this wind blowing over here? And suddenly that guy comes, you know, who, you remember there are these guys in the church. They come and collect all, all the flowers and the candles and everything. So that fellow comes. And he picks up all the candles, including yours, and goes away. At that time, he says, <laughs> That is what goes on in the mind of a normal human being. Remember this. So, this is on one side. Material worldly people think like this. <laughs> By the way, if I am telling you about the church, let me tell you about the temples also. Okay? So in the temple you have gone with one big har. You know, you have paid bloody hundred rupees for one stupid har. And it is very costly because it's a very important day today. Okay? And you have gone with one big har, hundred rupees. And you and you are very you know holding it like this. And you are hoping, you know, that Panditji comes and takes your har. And he comes and takes your har. Okay? And he takes your har and he asks you your name, this, that, everything. After some time when he goes inside to, you know, naturally he is supposed to go and put it on top of the God. He doesn't do that. He keeps it in the side, uh, you know, tokri that is there. And then after the prayer is over, he is just, he is snapping it all up and he is, you know, removing all the flowers for distribution. See, Chitti is laughing, he has done all that. <laughs> and you get so frustrated. Sala, mera heart ko tod dala, illo kare. Bhagwan ko bhi nahi diya. This is how a material worldly person thinks. So I've given you three examples. This is from the from our material worldly perspective. Now from the spiritual worldly perspective. First and foremost, when you are entering the temple only, you think, you know, see, I don't think I should uh, buy anything because God is basically not asking for anything. Okay? My heart is clean, you know. I think, and now you have become spiritual. Alright, so my heart is clean. So I don't think I need to give any flowers or I need to put one candle over there. God understands, you know, we have a tie-up. He understands me very well. I understand him very well. So you are gone inside. And then what happens is when the prayer starts and when all this starts, at that time you think, you know, see, I have not bought a heart. I have not bought a candle. I have not done anything, you know. What I need to do at least... I need to put at least 10 rupees in the box. 10 rupees in the box? Yeah, yeah, 10 rupees at least in that thali, that fellow comes, no? at least 10 rupees, you know, God will be very happy with me. Spiritual person thinks like this. He thinks, you know, that he's not giving God some, uh, you know, large, what, what do you call that? A bribe or something. I'm not bribing. I am just giving from the goodness of my heart. That's what he thinks. The, the good person, he is like a sattvic person. He thinks like that. <laughs> See, I am not putting. And then he looks at the guys who are putting all the candles. See, look at them. You know, God is not even accepting their candles. Or he is looking at <laughs> that person who is giving that big har over there. Such 
यू नो ऑपुलेंस दे आर शोइंग यू नो साले को बड़ा जॉब लगा रहेगा मैं तो देख उसके साथ मस्त एकदम चिकनी चमेली बीवी है इसके लिए आया रहेगा वो समझते क्या है और भगवान को क्या मस्का मार के वो कुछ मिलने वाला है कुछ नहीं वेस्ट यू आर मेकिंग जजमेंट सो दिरिचुअली इनक्लाइंड पर्सन थिंग्स लाइक दिस सी आई एम सच अम्बल पर्सन हम्बल इज इज टॉकिंग हम्बल आई एम सच अम्बल पर्सन सी आई डोंट डू एनी थिंग लाइक दैट आई आई डोंट पुट द कैंडल इट्स अ वेस्ट यू नो God doesn't come and look after the candles. Finally, while going, you know, you remove some ten rupees from your pocket, and you are trying to put it in that. Chota sa isme ya fir wo thali me. And uh, suddenly, what happens is that dabba that is there, no? Okay, maybe on top of it is written towards the uh, deaf or the blind society or something like that. Instead of going to church, or instead of going to, <laughs> and instead of going to that uh, God, this Pandit Ji he takes the entire money and puts it in his pocket. You know, you become so disturbed at that that you say, "Na, next time I will not give money. I will give money." So this is what the gods and the demons in us are talking. This is how they speak, and this this dichotomy is that. which makes us go through this problem in our world we don't know whether we want to become like demons we don't know whether we want to become godly and then the churning is happening all right and this churning is the most dangerous thing that happens all right now how it happens where it happens when it happens i have just given you an introduction so the next time when we are talking about it i will tell you how it happens this is just remember this is how both the parts are in you okay the demon side and this godly side and by the way both are at fault okay <laughs> both are going through their own madness one of them thinking hai na ki hai na me jab bada dega har to mere ko bada milega and these the godly people are thinking you know i am clean at heart see <laughs> what clean at heart you have seen the whole process so there is nothing clear with that we still have to go towards the churning so what we will do is we will stop over here today and then we shall continue in the coming week all right